0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Frights of the Roundtable. Um, I'm your host tonight, uh, Jonathan Moody. And before we kick this uh, into high gear, I wanted to um, first of all congratulate my former, uh, my former ho- or co-host uh, of the show and now host of All About Acting, Laura Jean, on her engagement to her fiance, Brendan. Um, so just wanted to give that a shout out out there. Get it, get it done. Um, Uh, before I'd ever forget (laughs) because I I, I forget a lot of these things so um, (laughs) but I just want to throw that out there I love them Uh, so excited it was really funny because me and her were actually talking last night after the show and we mentioned something if she ever got engaged and then the next day she did so that is pretty funny Um, and uh, awesome so uh, I just wanted to give that out there and um, and so that makes two of my freaking host co-hosts uh, of my shows freaking engaged and I'm still single like forever. So there you
2: go. <laughs> uh, it'll it'll but, happen. Uh, Don't rush it, Jonathan. Don't rush it. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So that, that right there was my co-host for the show, uh, Megan Deanna Smith. How are you doing, Megan?
2: Hello. Happy Friday. Yes, I'm doing great, and that's so exciting for Lara. I'm excited because she was involved in the you know the horror community, so we all love her for that, and then she's also involved in a franchise, the Jennifer franchise, which I'm involved, so I feel like we're connected somehow, so that's really awesome for her
1: exactly um and we have our guest tonight is uh spooky Dan walker. how are you doing uh I guess is it do you want me to just call you Dan or spooky Dan?
0: <laughs> Either one's fine. I usually go by Spooky Dan.
1: Right. Oh. All right. Well, that's a that's a neat name. Um, and, and is it ever like? Because it doesn't seem like it's um. It, it seems like it's one word connected, Spooky Dan. You know, like uh, you know, it's is my, that how you do? It
0: depends on which uh. It depends on which publication writes writes it. A lot of times, I noticed in the last couple of weeks with the movie coming out, a lot of them say Dan Walker, A.K.A. Spooky Dan. And and it's funny, everybody just knows me as Spooky or Spooky Dan, so it just, it works. It makes people remember it, which is the nice part.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's so cool. Um, I do have
0: one funny, funny thing about my name. Uh, So years ago, I used to do visual effects, and we were working on Scooby-Doo 2, and my boss, the director came in, and my boss introduced me, and he got it screwed up, and he accidentally said, scooby Dan. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. So it stuck with him. And it was funny once, but, you know, two months later. he's like, scoop me in, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, oh, come on, man. It's not funny anymore. It was for a minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've been involved, I involved in the film industry for a while. <laughs> so you've been involved in the film industry for a while.
0: Yeah, for a really long time. I, I mean, as far back as I can remember, even as a little kid, I knew this is where I wanted to go. So, like most, I think a lot of filmmakers have this similar background where we, you know, we're running around with video cameras as, you know, preteens even making little stupid music videos and fun stuff in the backyard. And, you know, when I went to college, I was just like, I want to make monsters. This is my way in the door. So I did special effects for years until I finally got to go on the other side of the camera. But it, it's been in my blood forever, kind of like horror. You know, it, like you guys, you just you can't escape it, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah totally. Definitely. And you worked on one of my movie.
0: favorite movies of all
1: time, by the way. And you did the visual Which effects one? for uh, Deep Blue Deep Sea. I love that movie. Oh, um, that's it, awesome.
0: it's one of my first movies I ever did. Yeah, that was a blast.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, like everybody's, I feel like everybody's favorite scene is just the Samuel Jackson scene and everything. So I just got to know, did you have a lot of fun? having a shark eat Samuel Jackson? <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, that wasn't my scene. So I was just no. surprised as you were when I first saw the movie. We ended up doing the scene where, it's so ridiculous, the helicopter crashes into the building in the middle of the ocean and the whole building explodes, you know, because it's obviously mm-hmm. explosive bricks that are holding the building together. And uh, it happens all during a rainstorm. So for that sequence, uh, the company I was working with, we hung up this gigantic piece of black duvetine, which is just black fabric, and shot all these elements of rain in front of it. So we would take all those different rain elements and composite them over top of all of the water and the explosions. And so we were like the rain people on that movie. And then when I saw the movie and it was that awesome shark scene, I'm like, oh man, why couldn't I have had this scene? This is so great. <laughs> that, that is a really wonderful moment. That is,
2: well, I also... I saw, I saw um, you worked on. It, it said Star Trek Beyond, right?
0: Okay, so are uh, are a bazillion people listening to this, or are we in the thousands? We're, we're, how many people are listening I'm to this? I'm not.
1: Show? I'm not sure. I, it, it, it fluctuates,
0: but, <laughs> well, uh, hopefully it's not a bazillion because the truth is, there's another guy named Dan Walker who does visual effects. And I didn't work on Star Trek, but I have two oh of my credits God. on IMDb, and we've tried to fix it, but IMDb is so tricky. And so I still have that credit, even though it wasn't But I do know, the way I found out was I went to go to an interview at Digital Domain when that was still around. This is probably 15 years ago. And I sat in the lobby, and I, I don't know if you guys know what I look like, but I'm like gothic eyeliner, the works, long black hair. And so I'm sitting in the lobby, And this woman keeps coming back and forth and I'm waiting and it's been probably 45 minutes past when I'm supposed to be there, you know, and I'm just sitting there waiting and finally this woman that's come back and forth, she goes, are you Dan Walker? And I said, yeah. She's like, I'm so sorry. I thought there's there's another guy named Dan Walker. I've worked with him a hundred times. I kept waiting for him to walk in. So I didn't know you were him. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So ultimately, yeah, there's another, there's an imposter.
2: (laughs) Oh my god. So actually my, so my name is Megan Smith, which is pretty generic. And so as far as like my SAG name, I wanted to use my middle name, which is Deanna. So I go by Megan Deanna Smith, but, Deanna was named after Deanna Troy from Star Trek: Next Generation because my parents are huge Trekkies. Oh, cool. So I was about to like nerd out with you, but that's okay. People, for all people know <laughs> you, so just go with it, right? Just say, "Of course, I did it." Yeah. Just, oh,
0: it was it was a blast. Uh, the the <laughs> boards were awesome, and
2: uh... <laughs> well, wow, that's so cool. You were
0: named after Deanna Troy, though.
2: I sure was. Yeah, I I think when I was younger, I was like embarrassed and ashamed, but. I slowly started to be like, Oh my god, Star Trek's actually really awesome. The show is amazing and then I became proud. <laughs>
0: I, I think that's one of those shows where because there's so many iterations of it, whether it's the movies or the different series or even the cartoon, like it doesn't matter where you fall in as a, everybody is kind of, it's sort of like Batman. Like everybody likes Batman. Everybody likes Star Wars. It's just which mm-hmm. version of it is your favorite? Which it yeah. goes forever. That's what's so great about those series. So yeah, it's a good one to that. be named after, I think. Especially
2: her too. I know. Gosh, I'm. I'm like. At least I'm glad my middle name isn't like Spock or like Klingon. At least it's something pretty, Okay. Well, enough about me and my parents being techies and nerds. Um, I want to talk to you, Dan, about sleigh bells, right? So, do you want to kind of explain to everybody? Talk
0: about sleigh bells.
2: Yeah. Why don't you explain to everybody what it is, what your part in it was, as far as like directing, writing, like just talk about it.
0: So um, I made my first movie. It's called Playbells. It's a Christmas horror comedy. And uh, it just came out about uh, two weeks ago. So it's been a long time in the making, but it, I, I co-wrote it with my co-writer Jessica Lurson, and then I directed it. And it's an indie low-budget movie. And, you know, when you're making an indie film, you kind of end up doing a lot of everything. Um, things that you never thought you would do. So its it's... It's been a labor of love, and it's taken a long time to get to the finish line, but we're here, and I'm so excited that people can finally see it after me, you know, talking about it online forever. I ran an Indiegogo campaign a couple of years back, and people are finally getting all the, you know, their, their perks, their Blu-rays, and you know, Christmas cards and stuff. So it's been a long time coming, but essentially, it's a it's a silly, fun Christmas romp with three chicks that team up with Santa Claus in an abandoned amusement park to fight Krampus. <laughs> That, that was one of
1: the things um, I loved to death was the fact that you had Santa and Krampus in the same movie or whatever. You know, usually it's it's one or the other, and this one kind of did both, which was pretty neat. Um, so I thought yeah. that was pretty cool.
0: It's, it's interesting because the Krampus mythology goes back literally centuries, and because there's so much over the years, we were able to pull from different angles and different aspects and kind of come up with our own version of it. You know, we're not totally breaking the rules or anything of what the Krampus mythology is, but we were able to do some fun stuff with it that was a little bit different than some of the other movies. And like you said, there is one really great movie called A Christmas Horror Story that has this awesome, like, ice Krampus thing that fights Santa. It's a really great Santa battle in that one. Santa versus Krampus battle. But uh oh, wow. yeah, cool. it's it's amazing. This this past years, because of the Big Budget Krampus movie, everybody kinda knows who he is now. And prior to the Big Budget Krampus movie coming out, any time I would mention Krampus to somebody, they would say, I think I know what it is, I've heard of it, but didn't really know what it was and now he's in the pop culture zeitgeist and everyone knows what it is. So Uh, I think our timing was good. You know, it took too long for me. It was a good timing to finally come out this year.
1: Yeah. Well, also, like, there's been a, um, like, a slew of Krampus movies that have come out independently. And um, I think you you did it well now, having it coming out. Because, like, if you had put it out, like, a year ago or two years ago, like, it just would have been, like, it was just flooded with them, you know, and I think yours would have been lost in let Shuffle, you know? <laughs>
0: like, you know, um, you've both seen the movie, so you know it's basically this girl power movie that Krampus is the, the villain. Um, and unlike the other Krampus movies, there's, with the exception of the big budget one and A Christmas Horror Story, there's... There's there's one that came out this year called Mother Krampus, which is basically a witch movie, but they use the word Krampus because it's popular right now. So it's definitely been a, not a struggle, but a bit like, oh, okay, well, I'm glad we didn't name our movie Krampus. I know that at one point... A friend of mine who's another filmmaker was saying, All right, so here's what's going to happen. I just want to prepare you when you go to a distributor. They're going to say, Great, we'll buy the movie, but we're going to change it to, you know, Krampus Returns or something like that. And I'm so happy we got to keep the name Slaybells because it's, it's not Krampus Returns. It's not that movie. And all of those sort of low budget ones that have come out, there's a couple good ones and a couple not so good ones. But, uh, I'm glad we can differentiate ourselves with we're a we're a weird Christmas fun movie, not just a Krampus movie.
2: For sure, well, and I'm so glad that you got to keep sleigh bells because one, as a comedian, I'm all about the pun, right? So that's amazing. Two <laughs> as, a, as, cool. as a female to have you know strong female leads and to have the title based on the women, I just think is really awesome and kick butt for you to do, especially as like a male director and writer. I'm wondering too, what the female like perspective your co-writer brought to it, but I love that the title stayed about the women. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, You know what? That, that means a lot to me. It really does because Jessica and I set out to write this thing. We, even before we really knew what the movie was going to be, we knew it, we we wanted it to be a girl power movie where the girls aren't the victims. They're not just like what was the the test where they're are they better than lampshades? You know, we've seen so many horror movies where it's all male driven, and we're like, let's have fun with a female cast that are badass and awesome and sexy and fun, and not just there to be eye candy or to be the love interest of somebody else. Like we literally, like this is sort of a spoiler, but we wrote the guy characters in that show up, but they don't really do anything to help the girls. So basically have to do all the work themselves. And that was all by design. We, we definitely were like, all right, let's, let's go in a, you know, a fun spice girls kind of attitude of girl power. And, and then ha- let's run with it because there's just not that many movies out there like that. And we're in this moment in time right now where, it's super apparent to everybody that there's not that many movies out there. So I think it's everyone's job right now to do what we can to make it, to make the the movies a little more diverse. I love
1: it. I will will say that I, I love that Barry Boswick got to play Santa. Um, But what I want to say about that is like, at first when I heard, Oh, Barry Boswick is playing Santa. I'm like, I, I can't imagine him as Santa. Like, he just doesn't, you know, like, he doesn't fit it. Then when he turned into Santa, I, I talked about this in my review I did, when he turned into Santa, I was just like, this is, it's perfect. He looked just like, you know, like, I, I couldn't have recognized him at all. Like, he looked like Santa to me. You know, I thought there was a great job.
0: Well, a little sort of insider backstory. So, before I made the movie, again, because it was my first movie, I went to pretty much uh, probably maybe a dozen or more of my director friends and producer friends and uh, film studio friends that have been in the industry for a while. And was like, all right, it's my first time. What's your advice? And everybody got different advice, you know, and whether it was casting or what to do as a first timer, but uh, I think it was Joe Lynch. We were, Joe Lynch and I were talking and he was saying,
2: you know, who are you going to
0: cast? And my first gut reaction was, you know, Shooting for the stars and big names, and he's like, "Dude, don't get a big, huge name that is someone that is means something to foreign sales. Get someone you love. This is your movie. Get someone that you love." He goes, "Because if you think about it, it doesn't matter what direction you go. When an actor turns into Santa Claus, they become Santa Claus. The actor gets lost underneath the beard and everything, and as a testament to Barry, you can tell, like he doesn't really get lost under it. The look is there but he definitely brings through his goofiness and his fun. And I'm so happy that I was able to go, all right, you know, instead of trying to cast somebody for a foreign sales, I'm a huge Rocky Horror fan, you know, for decades. And I was like, who can I get that would, like, who would be better than Barry Bostwick? (laughs) And (laughs) I think this year we all found out that Kurt Russell is a pretty spectacular Santa Claus as well. But uh, right. But yeah, I was so happy to get Barry and go after the one I actually wanted.
2: That is amazing, especially because you know you're you not only wrote the part, right? But you're also directing that actor on set, which I'm assuming is a was a dream.
0: <laughs> it was. It was. I'd say maybe the first day was a little nerve-wracking because as soon as it would hit me. I would like try to my best not to fan out and be like, Oh my God, it's Barry Buster. This is so cool. It's Brad majors. Asshole. I love him. You know? <laughs> so it was really, it was really great, but he's such a genuinely nice and funny man that it was just like, he was so game for the part that he just made it easy. So when it came to directing him, he was great about it. And, you know, cause you, you want to, I don't want to be intimidated by somebody, and he certainly did not make that the case.
1: Yeah, definitely. What I what I want to like ask you about, and I, and I think I'm, I mentioned this in the review. And, and the only thing I don't know if you did you see the review at all that I that I did of it. I think I tagged you in the I did. in the post about yeah. it. So you saw it. So you know the Richard Mole situation that I have with it. What was your What was your take on that? Like. Did you, like, when you cast Richard Mole, Were you was it a bigger part and just got cut down? Or was there only just, like, a, a certain number of time, like, as long as you could have him on set for?
0: Well, yeah, we basically had the small role for him. It was essentially a cameo. And I would have loved to have had him more, but really when it came down to it, it was just a time and schedule and money thing. So we had him for the couple days that we got him. And I would have loved to have him for the other cop stuff. But um, he lives in Big Bear, which is a few hours away from where we shot the other stuff. So it just wasn't financially a reality for us to get him back, whether he was available or not. So
1: that was
0: going to happen for the extra scenes. But he's another one where it was like, I remember when he got the script, he called back and he was like, you know, I'd be a really good Santa Claus. (laughs) <laughs> like Yeah you would be a really good Santa Because I already cast him but yeah you would be Spectacular in that as well but uh... <laughs> But yeah So we had him for a the, the few days And he's just his face is so Iconic like people It's so funny like people know who he is Just instantly like whether it's Night Court Or Scary Movie or Ghost Shark You know people know him as A familiar character actor
1: Well as, as like I said, kinda like I knew him from well ago. Yeah, Night Court and uh, Sidekicks. That's what I remember him from. Like the – uh oh, the, Was it right. Jonathan Jonathan Brandis, uh movie where he was the coach who was <laughs> yelling at him when he was climbing up the – you know, climbing up the rope or whatever. That was like – I don't know. For some reason, I just always – whenever I see him, that's the first movie I think of. Then I think of Night Court. But, you know, like I don't know. Um <laughs> It was cool. Yeah, he's been um, in a lot was, of really was, fun movies. Yeah, and it was just really cool seeing him in that um, in a low budget, um, you know, Christmas uh, slash well, not slasher. Um, I don't really know like how to describe other than a you know, Christmas horror film, you know, because it's, it's kind of yeah,
0: you know, a bunch I of did,
1: different stuff. A lot of
0: people were a lot of people were surprised that it wasn't a straight horror movie, and again, right from the get go, we were always going. Let's have fun with this. We have seen a thousand movies where you take seven kids into the woods to be slash stalked, hunted, you name it. How do we do something a little different this time? And because we're the Santa Claus mythology and Krampus mythology, we were able to have a little fun with that. And obviously the amusement park is a pretty cool thing as well, but right from the get go, it was how do we make a horror movie that isn't like every other horror movie? It's, it's hard, you know, like we've seen, so many movies done well and done poorly. So this was like a, here's my version, I guess (laughs) you may love it. You may hate it, but it's definitely, I I think we know what we're trying to do here.
2: Well, I also, you're so right because the horror community is so tight knit. Like I find people who are fans of horror are not just watching the big budget films that come out theatrically. They're also watching all the indie films. So In that regard, it's amazing because it's a really supportive community. But it's also they have literally seen every horror movie. They know every plot, every, you know, technique. So I can definitely feel the need to want to do something unique but still staying true to that community. It's like a hard line, right?
0: Yeah, you know, my my little sister, both of my little sisters were like, oh, you made a scary movie. It's going to be too scary. I don't like them. I'm not going to watch it. And and I'm like, I don't want to say this publicly, but it's not scary. It really isn't. It's a silly, fun movie. If you can handle an episode of CSI, you can handle Playbells as far as Mm -hmm. the graphic and the gore. We definitely have all the horror tropes involved, but I did not set up things to, like, you know, here we're going to fake you out with tension for five minutes of a moment. Like, we went for the silliness and the fun, because as horror fans... I think we all go to the movies. Going, uh, well, let me let me back up a second. The horror community, we're a rabid bunch. We're like WWE <laughs> fans. We'll go see whatever. Like we'll show up and we'll be like, just don't suck, be awesome, and we keep going back and hoping that this one doesn't suck and this one's awesome. And it doesn't matter what the flavor is, whether it's you know zombies or supernatural or whatever the subgenre is. We're gonna have fun with it. And when we're when we as horror fans see you know. the the grossest thing ever we're cheering and laughing so i was like let's just go right for that part because the horror fans already know this is the fun of it so it it really is Mm -hmm. in its own weird way a love letter to horror fans because i wanted to have that that joy we get as fans watching this does that make sense to you guys
2: yeah you want it to be fun We love horror movies because it's fun yeah sometimes they scare the poop out of me right but sometimes they don't and no matter what I have fun so I definitely be wanting to remain, like stay true to that
0: yeah I, I feel like there's not that many actually scary movies you know we get one or two every now and again but for the most part there's not that many actually scary movies especially for the horror fans where are just like yeah, we've seen it all. Nothing scares us. And when something does, we all cheer, cheer like it's the second coming of Christ because wow, that one actually scared us. That's amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Like, like
0: I I Well, I, I do want
1: to mention this. Um I I had interviewed uh back in like kind of, uh, 2007 or something.
0: But I interviewed um
1: Steve Lemmy uh from the um Broken Lizard uh group and we were talking about Club Dread. Which he had said he yeah. was on a plane with somebody, and the woman had said to him uh, that she had saw Club Dread, and he was like, oh wow, you know, and he had said he was one of the producers and all this other stuff, and she was like, he was like, what'd you think? And she was like, um, I thought it sucked. And he goes, wow, <laughs> um, did I mention I, you know, I'm the writer and producer? And he's like, so like yeah, I know. And he was like, well, no. could you tell me what you didn't like about it? And she was like "Um it was it was too funny and too scary. I couldn't tell I couldn't draw the line between the two you know there was it was it was too I couldn't tell which one it was a comedy or a horror film and um and I think there are people like that, I guess there are people that just don't get horror comedies um and I think sleigh Bells is, is definitely like that, you know, like it is." It had a lot of comedy in it. It made me laugh a bunch of times. But then it had stuff that was, you know, horrific, horrific horror scenes, you know, or whatever. But like you said, they're not, I mean, they're not like terrifying, you know, or whatever. They're just fun, you know? Like, I'm not going to. Club Dread didn't scare me to, you know, whatever. It just, you know, people ended up dying. Right, but we in had movie fun watching Yeah. You know, and we did. Well, I enjoy that movie. Girl, I don't know about um, oh, you guys.
2: <laughs> that girl yeah, is I'm, I'm, dumb, no offense, <laughs> but also, too, she probably hates my career because I'm normally like the comedic relief in horror movies, so it's poop on her. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you know, I, I know we all have different tastes, and so any time someone asks me, yo, what's your favorite horror movie, I feel like it changes by the minute, by the day. Like, it just mm. kind of depends on your mood, but my top ten are always... Fun horror ones, Reanimator, Return of the Living Dead, Hatchet. Like, these movies are the ones that I go back to over and over and over. And, you know, again, it just it sort of, it speaks volumes to what horror fans actually want. And we can we can all kind of agree that horror comedies are definitely a fine line to get right. Or it's it's mm-hmm. a tough, tough sell. But I do think that well, when audiences are watching, they just, they just want to be entertained and have a good time. And it's your version of, like I've been saying this all along, hardcore horror fans will hate Sleigh Bells. This is not the movie for them. They are not going to like it. If you're a super big fan of, you know, August Mortem or uh, even Hostel, and I mean, Darren Bowsman is my executive producer. He made three of the Saw films. If you came into this expecting a Saw film, you would be pissed off because this is not that. And it's not meant to be that. It's not that. That's not the audience. I guess I was after. I think that's one of the fun things is we can we can all agree that oh yeah we like this Saw film and we like Return of the Living Dead. Like we don't we're not so Mm -hmm. structured that it has to be this or it has to be that. So when someone comes out and they have those claims, I remember hearing reviews about Hatchet in the same way when that first came out was people were pissed off because they were expecting this slasher film and they got it, but it was so funny that it was almost. It took them out of their comfort zone because they didn't know. Like, oh wait, I thought this was gonna be scary, but this is funny as well as scary. So, ah. so yeah, people, <laughs> people are weird that way. But that's why we have room for all these movies right now. We have room for all of it. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I totally, I totally agree. And you know, it's funny because I, I'm not a, I hate zombies. Like that's like my least favorite uh, genre or subgenre. And I love Shaun of the Dead. Um, and I love mm-hmm. Return of the mm-hmm. Living Dead and i love all of these movies where they're kind of jokey on the zombies um but then again i just i just rewatched um night of the living dead recently and um the original you know i i yeah the original and i had not i was not a fan of it when i first watched it years ago you know like it just bored me and stuff and um i have a really short attention span so like You know, like, your movie really, really, like, intrigued me because it was almost, it was almost, like, designed for me, uh, in a way, Um, with my... (laughs) So you have ADD
0: and you just want things to move fast. Okay, cool. I do, too. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And if you ever look at any of my scripts, like, you'll, you'll know that. I
0: feel like, um, you know what... I think the truth of the matter is this, and I know it's a, it's like a forbidden thing to say that we don't love Night of the Living Dead. I respect its place in history, but I'm with you. When I thought as a kid it was slow and boring, when I watch it now, it's a beautiful film and there's so much good stuff going on, but it took me as an adult, as a filmmaker, to respect those parts of it and how it's effective in certain ways, but still to me is not one that I gravitate to because I love it so much because it's fun to watch. It's not. It's, just, it's too slow for me. It's a great film, but... Uh, the reality is, I think in 2018, we have, and everyone around us, has grown up with the language of cinema. We understand what jump cuts mean and where stuff soft, soft dissolves and things happen. We understand what that means. We don't need to be taught this anymore. So when you see movies from, I don't know, pre, pre-'80s, and they're still using those cinema tropes and uh, techniques, Like now we don't need to see the in-between stuff. We understand if a person picks up a bottle here and they're on the other side of the room now, do we need to see them take seven steps? In in the way that we Mm -hmm. consume now with Twitter and Instagram, we get it. We all understand. go from here to here to here to here. Let's just get – I don't know. Maybe I'm weird on that or maybe I watch too much YouTube. But uh, (laughs) it definitely was very, very influenced by the YouTube generation of how the – People don't need all the the fat anymore.
2: Well, you know, exactly. I I totally I agree. It's so funny. Um, I uh, was I still am I guess a huge fan of the television show Lost. Um, and like yeah. watched all of it, like whatever, watched every season, every episode, and I remember watching it once a week. Right, it would air every Wednesday. Then. I went back to rewatch it and it's nuts to me how slow it is because they need to like recap everything within the first 10 minutes of the new episode of what had happened last week. Whereas now when TV shows do that, they expect you to binge watch things. Like now with Netflix, everything should be like bingeable and you should be able to watch one episode right after the other. You don't need all this catch up of what had happened. And it's nuts to think how much television and movies and all this stuff is changing because of, you know, video on demand and instant streaming. So I agree totally.
0: Yeah, we're, we're just, we're changing as a culture. We're getting smarter. And I think it's, it's our job as filmmakers to address that and not just overlook it and go, I'm cinema. I want mm-hmm. to make a movie. I'd love to make a movie like Spielberg, just like every other person on the planet that wants to make movies. But the reality is, we're in a different time right now, and we can kind of play with the rules. I, I don't know. You guys know, you watch so many movies. I like to have movies that make me feel uneasy or feel like, what are they doing? What, what's going on here? I, I don't wanna, I want art to be a little bit dangerous every now and again. And I feel like it's our job to do exactly that. Take risks. Yeah. Exactly. Take risks and play with the format, play with the duration. Like, you guys have seen it, and I, I don't think it's a big surprise to anyone that hasn't seen it, but our movie is actually very short. It, it's like seven minutes of credits at the end, and it's a 70-minute movie. It's, it's like quick, and we're in, and we're out, and then we're done. Like, uh, there's so many horror movies that would be serviced so well if they could cut 20 minutes out of them.
2: All yeah. the shitty horror
0: movies that we watch, that if you could cut 20 minutes out, you'd be like, that was awesome! <laughs> right.
2: What? Nowadays too, I look at the I look at how long it is, and I want the, the shorter the horror film is, the the higher chance there is I'm going to watch it. Right, just because I'm like busy in my life, and I'm like, oh, that won't feel boring at any point. It's only a, one hour fifteen minutes. I'm sold. Like I really do look at yeah. that nowadays. <laughs> exactly. And thankfully,
0: and like Netflix and Hulu have been putting movies out that are of the shorter durations. It still has to be a certain length to feel like a movie, and not just like short, but Thankfully, it's gotten to a place where they're not bound to that anymore. That was a thing yeah. that television was dictating.
1: Well, yeah. Um, and, and you know what? It's funny because that goes back to the whole YouTube and Flash, you know, kind of the generation we live in. We live in a, um, like, you know, short attention span, you know, life right now. You know, everybody is, let's, let's get this going and, and you know, like – um if uh the one thing you know i've I've learned um you know throughout uh doing screenplays of my own um is that the first ten pages have got to hook you you know there's got to be something interesting you know within the first ten pages that leaves the the reader or slash you know um uh, person you know watching the movie eventually to to wanna to stick with you. And, and, you know, thankfully yours, yours definitely did that. I mean, I, I was got really excited when I watched it, you know, from the first 10 minutes, it just kind of brought something interesting and fun to the whole, whole movie. So there you go.
0: That's so interesting. Cause for me as the filmmaker, I've seen it in every iteration, you know, and to me, like, I just want to get to Santa land so fast. I wish we could start there, but you need to set up the characters and give a little exposition and, you know, set up all the stuff that has to have to be there. But I as a as a filmmaker, I was like, Oh, we're not getting to meet Santa until 15 minutes into the movie. And oh, I wish it was seven minutes into the movie. Uh, but you still have to have the parts to make it a proper story, to make it make sense. So that was something that, that I'm glad you said that because, <laughs> you know, for me, I see all the flaws. I made it, so I know, oh, this day was hard, and it didn't go the way I wanted it, or that shot takes too long, or the delivery on this one isn't as punchy as I wanted it, you know what I mean? Like, you go through all the ups and downs, mm-hmm. so I'm glad you said that you were, you were hooked in at the beginning. That, that means a lot. Thank you. You're
1: welcome.
2: Well,
0: Spooky Dan, why don't you tell our yeah. listeners where
2: they can, where can they see Sleigh Bells?
0: So Slave Bells is available at, you can buy it at Amazon, on Blu-ray, or DVD, or it's on almost all of the streaming platforms. So whether it's uh, your cable network or, you know, iTunes or Vudu or Fandango, whichever one you use, it's basically available on all of them to get. So you can pretty much find it anywhere right now. But yeah, Amazon is there and iTunes, the, the, two are the those are the two main ones that everybody seems to flock to right now. So
2: what do you guys this use?
1: Christmas... which ones do you use to stream movies? Amazon Prime. Uh, I use Amazon a lot. Yeah, Amazon. Well, actually, a lot of stuff. Um, uh, but the problem is, you know, there's too many streaming channels. Like if, at one point, it was great to have streaming channels. Now, it's like, you have to buy like a million of them just to see, possibly, you know, as much as you can. Um, but like yeah, uh, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. I've uh, got Shutter. Um, you know uh, what is that? Uh, there's there's one. Um, I have it, but I don't really. You know, it costs like five bucks a month. Uh, so I should probably know what it's called. But uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of them I guess that I that I check out. So I don't know. What do you uh, what do you uh, spooky Dan?
0: I'm I'm just like you. It's Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, and Shudder. Um, I have Screambox. I don't go there very Screenbox. often, but I do have it. And
1: that was a... Yeah.
0: I, I, so, I, to me, this is the... I'm Shudder. I think what they're doing is great. And now that they're finally... My only gripe with Shudder has been they need original programming. Because when it's just these prestige horror films... So it, maybe it's an age thing because I have so many movies on disc... But it's like, well, I have all the ones here that I want to see and the ones I don't care about I'm not going to watch anyway. So I'm only getting a handful of new ones every month. But yeah. in the last, I'd say, six months, Shudder has really stepped up their game and delivered a lot of cool stuff. Like, uh, this isn't an exclusive to them, but All the Creatures were are is another Christmas horror movie that just came out. I think it came out on Shudder today. And that one, everybody loves. Rebecca McHenry, she runs the, the Shockwaves podcast. So she did that movie and, you know... You mentioned earlier the horror community is very tight knit, and the neat part is, as horror filmmakers, we all know each other. We're all fr- we're all friends, so we're all like cheering for each other when stuff happens. So Rebecca and I are always like, you know, oh my God, we have a horror movie, a Christmas horror movie coming out on the same day. This is great, you know. And we're wishing each other well. <laughs> it's not competition. Mm. It's it's really very much lo- a loving community, which you don't find with. You said you're a comedian. You it's like in comedian world, it's like a little more cutthroat and not so supportive, yeah. right?
2: I know, which is probably why I also gravitate to the horror community because everyone is so nice, and in comedy, everyone is so brutal.
0: <laughs> really, was it, it really that sort of hard out there for the, for a comedy?
2: I mean, honestly, yeah. Because if if I'm making people laugh, comedians are thinking, "Well, she's taking laughs away from me." So when I go up there, I have to work harder now. Like that's what they say. Th- and it's just so crazy because I'm just like silly and fun and goofy, and I would never think that way. I feel like there's. Plenty of room for all of us to be successful, but comedy can be, it can be hard. It's pretty mean.
0: (laughs) It's pretty interesting because comedy is so subjective to, like, I know I love Sarah Silverman and my wife is, like, not a fan. Like, she'll deal with it because she knows Mm -hmm. I love her, but, like, she does not want to watch it, but you know, other comedy that she likes, I'm going, well, okay, I guess it's funny. And she'll be, you know, laughing in tears. So like horror, we all have our different variations of what we like. So yeah, to me, there's just, I mean, we're in such a great moment in time for creativity and for people to get their ideas out, so whether it's you being a stand-up comedian on a stage or on YouTube in your living room, like Jenna Marbles, that chick. Oh, this is a fun, you know who Jenna Marbles is?
2: Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I stalked her. I so tried to get her into this movie and it didn't work because oh uh, I couldn't actually get to her. But I tried so hard because I love what she's doing. She's basically, I, I know she's done, it's a little different now than it was a couple of years back when I was after her, but she's essentially a stand up comedian, just not on the stage. That's the only difference. On. She's still coming up with what? material every day and she still makes us laugh. To me, it's, it's really so important. Funny.
2: Yeah. And also, it's nuts like she's now like the host of a, a SiriusXM radio show. Like, I'm so happy that she's had some success. But um, we are going to be, our show's almost over. So, real quick before we like start to get cut off, Dan, will you tell people about your social media or where they can follow you um, to keep up to date on your movie adventures?
0: Yeah, it's SlaybellsMovie. Well, yeah, the website is Uh On Twitter and all the socials, it's usually at Movie And for me personally, just Spooky Dan at the majority of all of them, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. So you can find me. I'm easy. <laughs> awesome.
2: awesome.
0: Thanks, you right. guys. Well, it's been uh, really fun. I, yeah. I, I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah, I definitely
2: yes. did. You you were great. No, and it's fun, too. Like, I love when we have guests who we get to talk about a variety of Movies and TV shows and things, too, that, you know, because, I don't know. I, it's just fun when people are open to talking about more than just their own work, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to ask you, Megan, where do I find out about more of your comedy and your horror stuff?
2: Ooh, okay, yeah, so Jonathan and I, we usually, have, so everyone can follow me on my social media, um, Instagram and Twitter. It's at Meg Deanna Smith. Um, I have a YouTube channel called We Find Us Funny, which you should check out. And I um, am in the Jennifer horror movie franchise, and For Jennifer is coming out soon. I don't have a public release date yet, so I'm going to keep you guys posted on that. Um, But just, you know, look me up in Sharknado, Heart of Sharkness, on Amazon Prime for free. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) Jonathan, where can they they follow your adventures?
1: Uh, Okay, so uh, on Twitter, it's just at Jonathan Moody um at um uh instagram it's jonathan a moody film um and facebook is jonathan a moody but i'm almost at my maximum friends list or whatever so you can follow me on uh my page which i need to start updating more um jonathan a uh jonathan a moody filmmaker i think is the thing or filmmaker actor jonathan a moody something like that um on facebook
2: um, Mr. Popular over here is like, the Facebook limit. Oh, Jonathan.
1: (laughs) I hate that crap. I I, hate it. I've been at
0: that that for about a year. It sucks that you have to start weeding through people going like, no, but I actually know this one. I don't want to get rid of them. Dang it. I'm at my limit. I know.
2: I think it's weird because. What's going on with you, Megan? How come you're not at your limit?
0: What's what's happening? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you
2: guys are being bullies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um,
2: I, think, I think because Facebook is meant for like normal people and they don't realize that since we're in the film industry, like we really do genuinely meet so many people. Like I'll probably friend request you spooky Dan, even though we've technically never met now, but like we sort of have. And so, yeah, I want to have yeah. 5,000 friends. Cause I've worked with 5,000 people. That's just how it is. Whereas like Karen in Utah probably only knows like, the people she works at the office with, oh my,
1: you know. Oh my god. I, I saw somebody today that only had like a hundred friends. I was like oh. they're actually those are actually just they're real people that they probably know. They probably know a yes. hundred people, you know. <laughs> I know. Oh, only
2: seven person, right? <laughs> yeah. We just live a very different life being yeah. in the, the hobby
0: industry, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, well, that's the name of the game now, is putting ourselves out there.
1: Exactly. Okay. And um, thank you guys so much. This is a great show. Um, Spooky Dan, it was awesome having you on here and talking about Sleigh Bells. I hope a lot of people go out and watch it because it was a really a lot of fun. And um, I guess until next time, you're welcome back any time to come on and promote something else that you're in, or uh, you're working on. So definitely uh, let us... Uh, Let us know later. Maybe there will be a... Well, thank you so much for having
0: me. I really appreciate it. Well, we'll see. Let's see how well this one does. That would be fun, huh? Fingers crossed for you. Thank you.
1: Good night, everybody. (laughs)